Do you ever struggle with remembering details from your travels? Then I've got something special for you. How would you like a better way to keep track of all the things you see and experience in Scotland? A way to keep those special memories and all the details fresh for years to come. My new Scotland travel journal might just be what you need. It includes daily journaling prompts to help you start writing about your day, lots of space for doodling and notes, prompts to reflect on your trip overall, and suggestions for things to do that help you make more meaningful connections with Scotland. There's also inspiration for your travel bucket list, a map to draw your route, space to keep track of your travel details, and some Gaelic and Scottish phrases to try while you're here. All you have to do is print out the journal, fold the pages in half and start writing. The Scotland Travel Journal is the perfect companion for your upcoming trip to Scotland. Find it in the Watch Me See online shop or visit the link in the show notes. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello there, and welcome to Wild for Scotland, a podcast that allows you to travel to Scotland through stories. My name is Cathy Kamleitner. I'm a writer and storyteller and run the Scotland travel blog Watch Me See. After years of helping people from around the world plan their trips, this podcast is my way to help you connect with Scotland, regardless of your travel plans. Each episode starts with a travel story about a location or an experience from my travels. Then, I'll tell you some of my top tips for visiting to inspire a future trip. Are you ready? Great! Let's travel to Scotland. The first season of Wild for Scotland is all about the Scottish Isles. Each week, we travel to a different island and spend some time exploring their nooks and crannies, history and landscapes. This week, I'll take you to the Isle of Tyree, an island far out in the Atlantic Ocean. At the time I'm recording this episode, it's been almost two years since my visit, but my memory of this place has barely faded. With its pristine beaches and avid surf community, Tyree is sometimes called the Hawaii of the North. But It is also an island with a long tradition of crafting, several architectural surprises, and a warm and welcoming community. For an island of just about 30 square miles, Tyree really packs a punch and is well worth a visit. So let's travel there together and explore. This is Lullaby. Visibility isn't great, but we'll give it a try. Not the words I wanted to hear from the co-pilot at the front of the plane. But better than a cancelled flight, I guess? The airplane starts buzzing and rattling as the pilot starts the engine of the tiny twin otter machine and slowly pushes back from the gate. The propellers are turning, slowly at first, but soon at such a speed that I can't separate one blade from the other. 
There are only 19 seats on the plane, and just a handful of people occupy some of them. There is an elderly lady, a family of three, and a couple in their 50s, wearing cycling gear. Since there is no space for cabin crew, the safety briefing is done by the co-pilot on her way to the runway. Visibility is key for the landing at the other end, he explains. But it looks like there is no mist where we are going. Let's give it a try. The rattling grows louder as the engine cranks up to full capacity and the tiny plane zooms across the runway. One more push and up we go. Airborne and on our way. As the aircraft climbs higher, Glasgow gets smaller below us. At first, I can still see the cars slowly moving along the motorway, along the River Clyde, like toy cars, moved by invisible hands. But soon, the plane pierces through the low layers of clouds. The land beneath us grows dimmer and dimmer, until all I can see is a fluffy white blanket in the sky. Every now and then there is a hole in the blanket and I can spot the jagged coastline, ships drawing white lines across the water and the deep blue sparkle of the sea. Tyree is a small island on the west coast of Scotland, around 10 miles long, 5 miles wide and almost entirely flat. Although it is not the most westerly island of the Hebrides, When you stand on its west coast and look out at sea, there is no land between you and North America, some 2,000 miles away. The island is known for three things. It is one of the sunniest places in Scotland, with over 1,400 sunshine hours per year. Compare that with only 7 to 1,100 of average sunshine hours in the Scottish Highlands, and you know that Tyree is a place to come for some vitamin D. Tyree is also very windy. Sorry, but all the sunshine does not necessarily mean it's always warm. But the wind has its benefits too. It keeps the midges away, and if you want to try any style of surfing, Tyree is the place to be. And finally, the beaches. Tyree has arguably some of the most beautiful beaches in Scotland. Crystal clear turquoise water, vast expanses of white sand, and colourful Machiaire meadows dotted with wildflowers that are so characteristic for the west coast of Scotland. And then, almost as quickly as it began, the flight is almost over. As the plane drops below the clouds, the bright blue sky turns into a grim grey colour. It is raining, but the clouds are keeping a healthy distance from the land. The coast of Tyree is coming into view now, Despite the rain, I see how clear the water is, as its sandy ground reflects the light from the sky right back at us. The sea is curling up in white foam as it hits the rocky coast. I can see countless bays filled with bright sand, like beacons, showing our plane the way to safety. A few more minutes, and we set down on the modest landing strip of Tyree Airport. Through the window, I can see the ground crew making their way towards the plane, blocking its wheels with black chocks and setting up the steps to make disembarking easier. I wait for my bag and make my way through the tiny airport building. Welcome, 
to Tyree. Getting here by car and boat would be a small odyssey. By plane, it took less than an hour. As I exit the airport, I am greeted by a tall man standing next to a truck. There are bikes attached to the back of it, and as I set down my backpack, I noticed a couple in cycling gear right behind me. Seems like we're on the same mission. They are spending the day on Tyree, they tell me, and will be taking the afternoon flight back to Glasgow. What a lovely way to spend a day outside the city, I say, and secretly think how glad I am that I get a little more time on the island. While Will sorts them out with their bikes, I studied a small paper map I picked up inside the terminal. There are not many roads on Tyree. One leads right around the main part of the island in a circle. Some minor roads are crossing the interior, while a few others lead out to the far corners of the coast. I trace the lines across the paper with my fingers, plotting a route for the day ahead. After a short while, Will and I climb into his car to make our way to Tyree Lodge, where I can leave my backpack while exploring the island. Will has brought me an e-bike. The wind ruffles my short hair as he explains how to operate the small computer attached to the handlebar, switch between levels of support, and turn it off when I stop. Terry might be flat, but the almost consistent winds blowing over the land from the Atlantic make for challenging cycling terrain. I adjust my saddle, fasten my helmet, and push away. Effortless, I pedal down the short driveway of the hotel and turn right to follow the road that hugs Got Bay, a golden beach that stretches around three miles from the ferry pier in Scaranish to Brock and Ruick in the east. People have lived on Tyree for thousands of years, and many Iron Age fortresses and brocks have survived until today. In the 6th century, Columba founded a monastery here that was closely linked to his more famous monastery on Iona. Even the Vikings were no strangers to Tyree, and there are at least two graves on the island from that period. The village of Skarinish is the largest settlement on Tyree. It was developed in the 18th century by the 5th Duke of Argyle and had the island's first harbour. Today, there are two piers in Skyrinish. The older one is still used by fishermen, while the large ferry from Oban docks at the new pier once a day. There is a supermarket, a bank, a post office and a handful of houses scattered along the road. Only 650 people live on Tyree but in the distance I can see a number of new builds. The island may be remote and the population small, but there is a strong sense for community here. As I leave the village behind, the road narrows to a single track. There are no bicycle lanes on Tyree, but there is little traffic and locals are used to cyclists on the road. Nevertheless, I'm alert and move to the side whenever I hear a car behind me or see one approaching me. There are fields left and right to the road. Little white dots in the distance allude to the island's main economy. Tari is the most fertile island of the Hebrides. The white sand on the beaches is made from crushed seashells, which then get swept across the island by the wind. The result is a fertile Macaire landscape, 
meadows that provide excellent land for farming and crofting. Soon, the road returns to the coast. To the left, I can see the sands of Hainish Bay, and beyond it, on the southernmost tip of the island, the round back of Ben Hainish, the highest point on Tyree, which rises a jaw-dropping 463 feet above sea level. Not exactly what I would call a mountain. At the summit, I can just about make out an awkward white structure that looks a lot like a giant golf ball? A radar station, I learned later from some locals at the hotel bar. It can be seen from anywhere on Tyree, and from up there, you can see the entire island at your feet, and the Scaribor lighthouse to the southeast out at sea. All attempts by the sun to break through the clouds above seem to fail today. The rain has stopped and the air is calm, but the clouds persist. I come to a crossing, left for Hainish, right for Clachenmoor and Loch Vazapool, or straight on to Barapool and Sandig, names so foreign to my ears, but reminiscent of the Gaelic language that is still spoken by a large percentage of the locals. I continue straight ahead to make my way to the far west coast of the island. I stop at Tyree Parish Church, a small stone church with a bright red door and a tower that looks a lot like a medieval fortress. An outpost surrounded by flat fields and a scattering of houses. Soon after crossing through Sandake, I spot a rocky track on the left side of the road and a sense of adventure overcomes me. I leave the paved road behind and start making my way down the path. Gradually, the soil changes. Muddy earth and hard pebbles of rock give way to soft sand and it becomes too difficult to pedal. I get off my bike, turn off the battery-powered engine and push it the last few metres until I reach a lonely signpost indicating an informal car park on the Macaire. I walk through the dunes. My feet sink into the soft sand. My hands glide through the rough edges of the grass that grows on them. After a few steps, I reach the rocky beach of Trigrionol, Green Hill. Beachcombers love it here, as it is not uncommon for storms over the Atlantic to deliver all sorts of treasures onto this beach, from as far away as the Caribbean. A reminder that there is no land between here and America, only water. Today, the sea seems irritated. The tide is out and I can see hundreds of rocks in the hard, wet sand between me and the edge of the water. Helpless, they lie there. Their top halves exposed to whatever the wind carries towards them. Waves crash onto the beach and every now and then, a wave is so strong, it reaches higher up onto the beach, almost touching the rocks. The retreating water from small canyons as the rocks dig deeper into the sand, longing for the ocean to take them back. But it will be a while longer until the tide returns and embraces them once again. I keep exploring the beach to the north. A small headland separates Greenhill Beach from another, Trihola style, the maze, as it's called in English. In late spring and early summer, Turns and waders breed on these lands and build their nests on the headland between the beaches. 
But I'm here too early in the year, and all I hear is the continuous roar of the sea. I sit down, close my eyes, and listen. Waves crashing against the rocks, small pebbles rustling down the beach in the withdrawing water. The air is heavy with salt and precipitation. It doesn't rain so much as the air is simply wet. Water all around me. After a short while, I get back up, return to my bike and make my way back to the road. I've only cycled halfway around the island and I still have to find a suitable camping spot before it gets dark. I cycle through Howe and Balavulin, past Loch Bazapul and along the beach of Balafetrish Bay. The rain stays with me on and off and I'm not tempted to stop anywhere for too long. I make good progress and eventually get back to the top of the road at Got Bay. Once again, I turn left and cycle towards the hotel, where I left my bag just a few hours ago. I collect my belongings and return to my bike. The tyres flatten under the additional weight and it is harder to pedal. But I don't have far to go. Ten minutes later, I pull up at the top of another beach and tied the bike to a large wooden post. Leaving the only farmhouse on the bay behind me, I start walking across the meadow towards the beach. There are cows lying in the grass, staring out at the sea as if they are mesmerised by the waves. They look at me as I walk past them, a random figure in rain gear, a big backpack on my back, wrapped in a bright orange rain cover. They don't seem to mind. I find a flat spot out of sight from the farmhouse and pitch my tent. With a routine I could follow in my sleep, I settle in. Everything has a place, every pocket inside the tent a specific purpose, every item in my backpack a right time to be taken out. I assembled a small gas stove I got from my first long-distance hike in Sweden a few years ago. Take out the heavy water bottle and pour enough to make tea and heat up my dinner. No drop gets spilled. I will need to rest for tomorrow, another day of adventure. Warmed up from my dinner, and a few swigs of whiskey from a hip flask, I crawl into my sleeping bag. All I can hear is the gentle sway of the wind. Small waves are rolling onto the beach. Slowly, I drift into a deep sleep, to a lullaby from the west coast. I hope you enjoyed your journey to Tyree. 
and I have inspired you to plan your own trip to this island on Scotland's west coast. Thank you to my friend Callum McLean for his help with the correct pronunciation of some of the Gaelic place names on Tyree. I hope I didn't butcher them too badly. Now it's time for the practical element of Wild for Scotland. Here are my top five travel tips for the Isle of Tyree. Tip number one, come without a car and hire bikes to get around. I would highly encourage you to leave your car at home if you can and explore Tyree by bike. You can either fly to the island or take the train to Oban and a ferry from there. The best place to hire bikes from is Tyree Fitness. They have mountain and hybrid bikes, e-bikes and kid bikes, as well as child seeds, tag-alongs and anything else you might need for a day on two wheels. Tip number two, book a surf lesson. Surfing is not the easiest sport. Believe me, I have tried and I'm not very good. But it's also a lot of fun and you get to say you've surfed in Scotland. There are two surf schools on Tyree, Wild Diamond and Black House Water Sports. You can try surfing, kite surfing or windsurfing. Or, of course, if that's not your jam, go kayaking or stand-up paddleboarding. Tip number three. Stay longer than just a day. While the flight connection makes it possible to visit Tyree for just a day, it is worth to stay longer and explore everything there is to do and see. And there's a lot. You can see the traditional thatched houses all over the island and visit historic sites like the Brochad Bay. There are standing stones to discover. You can go on a boat trip to Skerivor Lighthouse and learn more about it at the museum in Hainish. There is a heritage centre about crofting, a historical centre with changing exhibitions and an award-winning architecture project near the ferry pier. Not to mention all the beaches. You won't get bored on Tyree. Tip number four. Stay at Mano House near Hainish. While I chose to wild camp on my trip to Tyree, I met a couple who run a lovely bed and breakfast called Manal House. Over a dram at Tyree Lodge Hotel, they told me that they came to Tyree for a cycling holiday and fell so hard for the island that they started checking property prices as soon as their trip was over. Within a few months, they sold up and moved to Tyree to start their bread and breakfast. Tip number five. Visit during Tyree Music Festival. While most people travel to Tyree for a taste of tranquility, there is arguably no better time to visit than during the Tyree Music Festival. Every year in July, the island community hosts a festival for up to 2,000 visitors with traditional folk music and many other events. It's quite the experience. And with this, I send you off to dream about your own trip to the Isle of Tyree. At the time of recording, there is of course no way to visit anytime soon. But Tyree isn't going anywhere, and before we know it, we will be able to experience this beautiful island for ourselves again. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Wild for Scotland. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to it. You can leave a review to make it easier for others to find the show, or share your favourite episode with a friend. Sign up for my email list for a peek behind the scenes and additional resources about the places we visit each week. You can also support the show on Patreon. From just £3 a month, you can unlock bonus content and support my work. 
You'll find all the links in the show notes. I'd love to hear your feedback on Wild for Scotland, so please leave a comment on social media or on the website. You can connect with us on at wildforscotland or wildforscotland.com. There you will also find photos from today's travel story, transcripts and other episodes. Wild for Scotland is written, hosted and produced by me, Cathy Kamleitner, with additional support by Fran Tarowskis. Podcast art is by Lizzie Vaughan Knight, the Tartan Trail Barner, and all original music is composed by Bruce Wallace. Until next time, when we travel to a different place in Scotland. If you're still here, listening all the way to the very end, it means you've probably got your hands full. So let me take this opportunity to remind you that I don't just write immersive travel stories. I also plan unforgettable itineraries for Scotland, and it's never been easier to follow one of my routes. Head to watchmec.com forward slash shop to browse my ready-made Scotland itineraries and turn your travel dreams into reality.